Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Michael, how you doing today? Let's how you do a, doing? Are you okay? I'm doing okay. Can you hear me okay on this connection? Uh, I can hear you fine. Wonderful. Yes, sir. Uh, getting over a little bit of a sinus infection. Uh, I think oh, I took my turn to this week. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've, I wasn't well this week. Since I last uh, was on the show with you, I had a very bad chest and I spent a fair bit of time indoors, you know, self-medicating. Yes. And uh, I took loads of cough mixture and paracetamols and things like that. And I'm feeling a bit better today. Do I sound okay? Oh, I couldn't tell you were sick. You sound great. Right. Yeah, I uh, I was quite unwell, felt very unwell. But, you know, God is good and I prayed every day. I have a little book by a guy called Charles Caps. I think he came from Arkansas originally. 
and he wrote some healing scriptures into a small book and I say them every day sometimes I say them three times a day but most days I say them once and they always work for me it's a wonderful little book of healing scriptures well I'm going to get a copy of that uh, what's yeah, the name Charles, of it? Charles Capps let me get it for you now yes, sure. it's wonderful I love uh, it's, books it's called God's Creative Power for Healing it sounds good to me Praise and God. it's a small, small book by a guy called Charles Capps. Wonderful book. It sold over 7 million copies, so it's very popular worldwide. Well, I tell you something. Uh, come Sunday night, uh, or Monday morning, rather, yeah. I um, I began to cough up phlegm that had blood in it, and I got really oh, concerned, yeah. uh, began to wheeze. And, yes, um, yes, yes. I had had a sore throat for about a day. But my, my sinuses were clear. We just got in my chest somehow. And uh, people began to pray. And uh, when I thought I was going to have to cancel the shows this week, being laid out, um, yeah. God strengthened me. And I was able to get up and do our shows. And um, so I know prayer works. And then to hit the nasty infection, I went and got some amoxicillin. Down here in Indonesia, you don't need a prescription for a lot of things. So, Oh, amen. I looked it up, sent my wife down, and got some Augmentin. You know, it's a moxillin, basically. Uh, something like Augmentin, but that's what it is. And um, and yes, I'm going yes. after this uh, bacteria that got into the lungs somehow. But um, praise God, bit by bit, oh, we're recovering. I'm Amen? It, I'm glad it cleared up. When I, when I was a kid, I was about seven years of age, I got tuberculosis, you know. Whoa. Through a, for a bad chest infection that never cleared up. Really, and I rem and I remember I was I was on a drip. I was in the hospital for about three months, and I was on a drip, and uh, you know I was coughing up green phlegm and and blood, and wow. they used to turn me over on my stomach, the nurses, and they used to thump me between the shoulder blades to get all the phlegm up. Yes, and uh, so I remember what it was like. It's not a good infection, a chest infection. Oh no, that's horrible. And my and my lungs look like a map of the United States if you put them on an x-ray. They've got so many scars in them, you know, from the tuberculosis that I have to look after myself. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad that uh, you're doing better. And praise the Lord, everybody. We're excited to be here with Pastor Michael Cummins. Shouts out to Sister Maria just joined us. And Brother Carlos, uh, he is Amen. coming to you from England. And he's got a great message today. Uh, Brother Michael... Would you like to open us up in prayer? The mic is yours. Yes, thank you very much. God bless you all, and thank you for coming online. I've got a program today I think I'm sure you'll love. And we pray for the anointing to fall upon you all, for the anointing will break the yoke. And every time we pray and we call on the name of Jesus, the anointing comes down. And as we do this program today, I'm sure the anointing will be upon you all and you will all be blessed and touched by the hand of God. And today we're talking about, have we opened the door to the devil? Should we close the door to the devil? Is the door opened towards Satan? We'll be talking about this now. I had a woman ring me last week from London and she said, the devil is making me commit a sin constantly and it was a really bad sexual sin and I said to her are you born again and she claimed she was born again I said well if you're born again you have to resist the devil and he will flee 
Satan will dangle the temptation in front of you, but you don't have to take it. Jesus has given you strength to overcome. And we'll be talking about that today. Have we opened certain doors in our life to the devil that makes him keep on coming back? I'm going to start off with a scripture. I'm going to be looking at John 10, verse 10. And it says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Now, you know, the thing is, I know because I've been fighting the devil for many, many years now. I've probably been fighting the devil all my life since I was a small child. And, you know, if you're in a life of sin and you're taking drugs and you're sleeping around and you're doing all these things, you won't know the devil's near you because he won't bother you because you're steeped in sin. It's only when you take the steps to do something about your sinful nature that Satan will attack you. And he will attack you with all forms. He will use your friends to attack you, even your family, even your children, even your mum and dad. He will attack you whatever way he can. And let's have a look at Romans 6, verse 23. We don't need reminding of this, but we'll say it anyway. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. If we have Jesus in our life, then Satan, he will try and he will continue to try. But in the end, he knows he's defeated. 1 John 1.9 It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. I've met many people, Christians, who believe because they said the sinner's prayer when they came to Jesus, and I said the sinner's prayer, I know you all did, they believe that grace is sufficient to keep them, keep them safe for the rest of their natural lives. And I always say to these people, well, Jesus Christ, when he came into our, our lives, he's promised to keep us safe and protect us for the rest of our natural lives, then to see us through to eternal life. Can we say by saying one prayer, which most of us didn't understand at the time, we said it because someone told us to say it, Say this after me. And we said that prayer, and we think that will keep us safe from sin for the rest of our lives. We've got to understand what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus was walking to the cross, carrying the cross, even before that, he was beaten senseless by the Roman guard. They ripped the skin off his back. He was spat upon. He was rejected by the people he came to save. He carried that cross. It became so heavy that he dropped it. And Simon of Cyrene was given that cross to carry it to Golgotha. He died agonizing pain on the cross for hours. And finally, when he lifted his eyes up to heaven and he said, it is finished, then it was done. Can we honestly say by saying one simple prayer that some people believe that if they do sin, they don't, if they do sin, they no longer call it a sin. They call it an error. They call it a mistake. 
Hallelujah. In the mid-1100s, there was a French abbot called Bernard of Clairvaux. Bernard of Clairvaux, you can read about him. And he was the first man that is recorded saying, the road to hell is paved with good intention. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a bit about myself. I came from a very sinful past. When I was 17, I fell in love with a young lady. I thought she was the apple of my own. I thought I would be with her forever, that we would marry, have children, buy a house, you know, all these dreams I had. But because of my background and because of my family, uh, her parents didn't think I had any future at the time when I met her. I was working in the tailor shop, measuring people when they come in for their suits. Uh, her parents didn't think that was much of a career for a young man, so they wanted me to get a trade. So I became a trainee plumber. And I was earning £5 a week. After tax and insurance, I was taking home about £4.50 a week in, in new money. I had to give my mother £2 a week for the housekeeping, so I was left with £2.50. Her parents thought I would never save money. I would never get a mortgage. I would never be anything in life. So they put their daughter under so much pressure. Don't go out with him anymore. Find yourself a better man. Find yourself as a man who's going to be a future bank manager. He's nothing. Look at him. And they didn't like me at all. So eventually she gave in to the pressure and she stopped seeing me. And uh, we fell out and I was heartbroken and it was all I could do was get out of the bed in the morning and I became very bitter, very angry. I wanted revenge against them for doing such a terrible thing to me. I remember going to see my sister who lived by and I used to just burst into tears every time. I went in the house, I was broken hearted and I just... I don't know, I got on with life, but I was always hurt by it. It put a terrible dent in my life. As I get older, I pray every day. I don't say the sinner's prayer every day, but I say Psalm 51 every day, and I pray, I pray a personal prayer of repentance every day. And as you get older, and I'm 71 now, I don't feel 71, even though I've had cancer and various bad diseases in my life. I was telling Shannon when I was a small boy, I had tuberculosis, I had bronchial pneumonia, I had diphtheria, all before I was 10 years of age, all life-threatening diseases. But I survived through the grace of God. And as I'm getting older, I feel the need to repent. And one night I went to sleep, and as I woke up, I saw a vision of this young lady I fell in love with. I saw a vision and I started remembering all the things we did together, all the places we went, all the things we saw together. And you know what? I started recalling the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the vengefulness that was in my heart towards this young lady's family. I then found out because someone told me she herself, after she uh, didn't see me anymore, she married a man and she had a child and it ended up in divorce and she was very, herself, very upset. And the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance 
And this happened 55 years ago when I was 17 years of age. And I remembered all the bad things I said, all the vengeful things I came out with. And I started repenting. Even though this had happened 50 years ago, before I was born again, I started repenting because I thought I had to. And I would pray night after night. And you know what? As I started praying, I started feeling better. I didn't feel that I needed to pray, but I started feeling good. I started feeling refreshed. I started relaxing. And I realized that repentance to me was a great thing, was a good thing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 to 11. For it says, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Jesus Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. You see, Satan loves bitterness and unforgiveness. He says, you don't have to repent. Jesus Christ died for you. If you do any wrong, that's covered by the blood of the Lamb. You don't have to repent any wrong you've done. You see how Satan tricks us. Let's have a look at 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. It says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Hallelujah. Godly repentance. Godly repentance which bringeth sorrow within you. And I was sorry. I was sorry for the way I behaved. I was sorry for my anger. I was sorry for my vengeance. I was sorry for all the things that I had done wrong. And I repented all these sins to the Lord. And I felt marvelous. I can't tell you how good I felt when I repented my sins. You see, Satan will always tell you, ah, you don't have to repent. Let's have a look at Luke 15, verse 10. Wonderful scripture. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, you can say to many people, do you repent your sins on a regular basis? Someone asked me, they said, how often do you repent? I said, every morning at Six o'clock when I take communion, me and Janice, my wife, when we get up before she goes to work, we repent our sins. We say Psalm 51 and we repent our sins. And they said, what a drag. Oh, what a drag. And I said, it's not a drag, it's power. When we repent our sins, the angels in heaven rejoice. If it was a burden and if it was a drag, would the angels take time to rejoice? No repentance is power. We should always be willing to do it. We wish to disarm the devil. And anything we do to disarm the devil, we shall do. Let's have a look at Matthew 4, verse 17. Matthew 4, verse 17. We praise the name 
of Jesus. Hallelujah. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this was 2,000 years ago, and the kingdom of heaven is still at hand. And as we sing that song, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. We should still repent. We should still look after what we have been tricked, what we have said. Most things we say, we say without even really thinking about it. How many times you're driving down the road in your car and a man cuts you up and he winds down his window and he shouts something at you? It's very difficult for you to not respond, you know. It's very, very difficult for you not to shout back an insult or shake your fist at him. And that can spoil you for the whole day. You go home and you think, if only I could see that man again, I'd give him a piece of my mind. Acts 3, verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When I repent, I feel refreshed. I feel the living water coming over me. I feel something wonderful has happened to me. And what's happened to you? The chains have been broken from you. Satan's grip on you has been released. You see, Satan, he comes at us, but most of the time he comes at us because things we have opened the door to. It's very easy to say the devil's done this, the devil's done that, the devil's done this, Satan's done this, Beelzebub's done this, Baal's done that, Old Nick's done this. But when we open the door, we're inviting him in. And I'm speaking today about shutting that door firm on the devil. Hallelujah. Let's have a read of Romans 2, verse 4. Wonderful scripture. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Hallelujah. In my view, repentance brings peace and power. Hallelujah. Peace because through the act of repentance, you have taken power away from Satan. You have disarmed him. Let's have a look at another scripture. Let's go back to the Gospel of Matthew. I hope you don't mind me jumping about from page to page. It keeps me on my toes, keeps me fit in my old age. Matthew 3, verse 8. It says, bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. Hallelujah. Repentance is not being shamed or beaten up by the Holy Spirit, but it closes the doors to the enemy who wishes to exploit our weaknesses, which we have. Hallelujah. As we say every morning, I get up. I say three psalms. I say, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, Psalm 51. We have to remember that Psalm 51 is the Psalm of David. He had sent Uriah the Hittite into the front line of battle so he could be killed. So David could carry on with Uriah's wife. But he 
had an affair with her and he made her pregnant. And he realized that God would take the Holy Spirit away from him. He would take all power and authority away from him. Bathsheba was a beautiful woman and he was tempted and he committed sin. And he had to go in with the prophet Nathan and confess his sin. And Psalm 51 released him from the iniquity, released him from the guilt, released him from the shame, released him from the condemnation. Romans says there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, who no longer live by the flesh, but live according to the Spirit. But I give you a warning. There's always a snake hiding in the bath. There's always a rat hiding in the kitchen. And if we're going to go around with killer, and we're going to look for them and find them and try and catch them and put them out the house, let's kill them outright with the Word of God. The Word of God gives us the authority and the power to destroy the works of the devil. And let us do that now. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, there is a forever commitment. And while we're on the earth, we must make our vows and keep our vows to Jesus who died for us. Can we truly say that we have never lied? We have never had lustful thoughts? We have been greedy and we've loved money. And we know that the love of money is the root of all evil. Our thoughts have been bad against anyone. We're jealous. We're envious. We've gossiped. We watch TV that Christians should never look at. We've had racist thoughts. We have to be honest. We've all suffered with these things in our life. Black people have had racist thoughts towards white people. White people have had racist thoughts towards black people. We've even felt angry with God. Angry. Because life has not been as we thought it should be. And we're going to pray about these things later. We need to shut the door on Satan. Satan will exploit any small crack in the door. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, the serpent was more crafty than any other animal. He was the craftiest of all creatures. So by us shutting the door on Satan, let's kill that snake in the bath. Let's kill that rat in the kitchen, which is living off of what we pay for. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at John 14, verse 6. John 14. Verse 6, we glorify the name of Jesus. You know, when we open up and we can see that we invite the devil into our lives. You remember, you remember Peter? Peter, who, who claimed that he loved Jesus and he claimed that he would be crucified with Jesus. When Jesus had been arrested and he was at the high priest's house, do you remember when Peter was about, a woman said, oh, I know you, you was with that man, you was with that Nazarene. He said, not me, not me. You must be making a mistake. Even though he had been with God, 
he had been with the Messiah. Through fear, he told a lie. We've all been fearful. We've all told lies for the fear of punishment. You see, sin and Satan, in our mind, that equates to punishment. And we all fear punishment. You remember at school, the teacher was going to give us the cane. I got the cane all the time. Some of the boys said, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, Lord. I used to just hand me out, hold my hand out, and I used to think, do your worst. Get, and they used to give you six of the best, three on each hand. I used to say, do your worst. John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We've got to sort our lives out. We can't just say, I've been born again 50 years. I said the sinner's prayer 39 years ago. I'm all right. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Satan is waiting round the corner to pick us up on things, to trip us up, to make our life a misery. Hallelujah. One of the reasons I say these three psalms in the morning, I say Psalm 23 because it reminds me of how great God is. And even at death, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be there with me. I will not make that walk on my own. I say Psalm 51 because... It reminds me of David, a mighty anointed king of Israel. Israel's greatest king. He still sinned. He fell short of the glory of God. When it came to building the temple, and it was decided that God would have a temple where he would dwell, David wasn't allowed to do it because blood was on his hands. He had killed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So God decided to choose Solomon. He would have the job of building the temple. So David, this wonderful king, the king of Israel, he was a sinner. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. You know, Satan looks for every excuse. We talk about Moses. When Moses died, Satan claimed the body of Moses. And he thought, I'm having him. I'm going to take him away to hell with me. Why? Because we know that Moses killed the Egyptian overseer. He killed him because he saw the overseer mistreating the Hebrew slaves. And Moses tapped the rock at Horeb and the water gushed out against the instructions of God. You see, Satan is legalistic. I want you to remember that word. The word is legalistic. We are born again, but Satan will use the law against us. He will use any transgression that we break to gain control on us. And at that time, God sent the angel Michael and the angel Michael disputed the body of Moses. But you know, 
the angel Michael didn't have a row with Satan. He didn't insult him. He actually brought no accusation against him. But he said, the Lord rebuke you. He spoke in the name of God. The Lord rebuke you. And we say to Satan now, the Lord rebuke you. You can take your filthy hands off of these people. You can leave them alone. Something else that opens the door for Satan is bitterness and unforgiveness. I heard a testimony many years ago. Excuse me. <coughs> I heard, sorry about that. Uh, I heard a testimony many years ago from a youth leader in a church in America. And she said one evening they was having a youth meeting and they was praising and worship and she was at the back of the church. And then all of a sudden, in a flicker of her eyes, she found herself in hell. And she was burning and she was in agonizing pain. And she was crying out to the Lord and she was saying, Jesus, Jesus, why am I here? I'm a born again believer. What do you hold against me? And Jesus said to her, because you have bitterness and unforgiveness towards people. Now she thought that she had covered all this in prayer. But what I've always believed that you can't say a blanket prayer over individual sins. You have to isolate them. If you have hatred about someone, you know, when I was a kid, there used to be two young terrorways where I lived, two twin brothers, and they were terrible. They were a handful. They were like a couple of gangsters. And I'd come out of the hospital with tuberculosis and I was very weak. I wasn't allowed to go out in the playground. And they used to beat me up and knock me about. And they made my life a misery. And one afternoon they said they were going to get me in the afternoon when I come back to school for the afternoon session. And I decided that I wasn't going to have this. And I decided... I said to my father, do I have to put up with this every day, being beaten up, being terrified? This particular afternoon, I hid behind a shop that was nearby, behind a butcher shop, and it poured down with rain, and I developed a real strong perspiration, and I was coughing. And I ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. I was so frightened that I got ill, and an elderly lady found me and took me home to my mother. And my father said, we're not going to put up with this. So he taught me to box. And he was a fair boxer, my father. And I was good and I took to it. And he bought me a punching bag that we held from the ceiling. And I used to watch the top-ranked big fights on the television Saturday lunchtime. And at that time, Floyd Patterson was the heavyweight champion of the world. And I used to watch Sugar Ray Robinson. And he was a bit of a hero of mine because he moved and he danced so well. And I used to put a record on, usually the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or a Motown record, and I used to dance around this punch bag. I wouldn't say I floated like a butterfly and stung like a bee. I might have floated like a bee and stung like a butterfly. I don't know. But I did this and I got confidence. And I got stronger. And my father used to give me bone marrow. 
and he used to give me certain soups and cabbage water to drink. And I became strong. And I took a paper round out, you know, and one day these two bullies come down the road and they thought I was the weakling that they used to beat up. And they come at me and I challenged them both, one after one another, and they run away, you know. One of the things with bullies, they run away. They And Satan is a bully. He will run away if you resist him. Stand up to him and say, I am a born-again believer. The Bible said that you lose. Stand up and say this to Satan and he will flee from you. And these two twin brothers run away from me and I never had any problems again. But you see, you have to then deal after that with the bitterness and the unforgiveness you have against anyone. We've got to forgive those who have offended us and hurt us. The kid that bullied you at school. The best friend that ran away with the girl of your dreams or the man of your dreams, whether you be male or female. The envy you had because you were constantly overlooked for promotion at work. Your mum used to tell you how wonderful you were. Well, that's a mum's job to tell you how wonderful you were. My mother told me, never told me how wonderful I was. She always reminded me to resist the devil. She would say, the devil will always come after your soul. You have to stand against it. Let's have a look at Hebrews 12, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. If you let that gall of bitterness grow in your life, you will be defiled. What it will do, it will teach you to not trust people. You won't trust people. You'll be suspicious of everyone. You will not like people. You'll find it difficult to make friends. All bitterness and unforgiveness will lose us our place in eternal life. And that's what Satan wants to do. He'll keep telling you, you don't have to repent. Jesus died for you. That's it. Yes, Jesus did die for you. But I believe that when we commit sins deliberately, and when we have the, the gall of bitterness or unforgiveness, which is really cemented in our lives, we have to repent it. We have to get rid of it. Let's have a look at Matthew 6, verse 14. As we continue to look at these wonderful scriptures, hallelujah, Matthew 6, verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, I, don't, I want God to forgive me all my sins. I've committed so many sins. I was a fallen man. I was a sinner until I met Jesus. When I was a child, I was living off of my wits. You know, I sat outside a chemist shop yesterday with my wife. I picked her up from work and we went down this parade of shops. And we saw a young man, and I was watching this young man. And he went in this chemist shop, 
and he knelt down behind the counter and he stole something. I don't know what it was. It looked like a small bag. It might have been a bag where you keep a razor, aftershave, that sort of thing. And he stuffed it. The boy looked about 10. I'm sure he wasn't shaving. And he stuffed it under his jacket and he came out. And I said, young man, take that back. You haven't paid for it. And he said, what, what, what? I said, take it back. You haven't paid for it. Do not steal it. And with that, he went down the road like a bat out of hell. I certainly couldn't catch him. And wherever he lived, he ran home. Now, I was like that. I was like that. And I used to think because of my poverty, because I wasn't as wealthy as some of the children in the area, I had a right to take what I hadn't paid for. I had a right to do it. And when we grow up like this, and if we have a mind, we have a mind of injustice. You know, injustice is a terrible thing. Injustice hurts us physically, but injustice hurts us spiritually as well. If we grow up with this terrible injustice, we will think life's against us. And we will think that because we have not been born with a silver spoon in our mouths or we haven't had a good education. I never had a good education. I know many who have never had a good education. I've still come up against prejudice in the church. You know, I don't walk around with all the certificates I've got. I got nine certificates of Christian studies when I became ordained. I studied the Old Testament, the New Testament. I studied many things. I don't walk around with them. To me, I did them because they said if I wanted to be ordained, I had to have something behind me to prove to certain people. And I keep that. I never get them out and look at them. I never get my ordination certificate out and look at it. To me, it was a man-made thing. But I enjoyed every minute, and I used to spend the weekends and the evenings reading the Word of God. And I used to read a lot about repentance. And I still tell you now, repentance is power. Let's read that again. Matthew 6, verse 14. What a scripture. If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And you know, I'm 71 now, and I pray that my life is in God's hands and I hope I can live to 101 and even more. But you know, I don't want to die holding anything against anyone. I want to forgive those who have hurt me. It no longer matters. My father was a vengeful man. He taught me to always get even with someone. And I spent many years living that lifestyle, and I won't live like that again. I will say, God bless you. I was standing at a bus stop this morning. I had to put my car in the garage to have some work done on it. And I was standing at a bus stop, and there was a lady there with three children. And she was scolding the children, and she said to this little child, it's your birthday today. I've only got 20 pound, and I've got to buy food for your birthday and everything else. And they were a lovely family. The three children were beautiful. And I said to the lady, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to listen to your conversation, but can I help you? 
you said it's the little girl's birthday today and you've only got £20. Let me help you. Let me give you something. And she come up to me and she said, no, I was only saying that to her. I have other money, but I didn't want to tell them I had other money. Thank you for stopping and telling me. To me, it was a joy. When I get money, every time I give money to someone in need, I feel joy coming over me. Hallelujah. I'd rather live like that. And this woman said, thank you very much. And they all waved to me as they got on the bus. And I felt blessed. I felt blessed because I offered. Forgive your enemies. Let's not have any gall of bitterness in our lives. Let's have a look at Ephesians, the book of Ephesians 4, verse 32. Hallelujah. Got some wonderful scriptures still to read that teach us about forgiveness and how we can forgive others in the name of Jesus. You can always remember now, if you put your mind back to those people who hurt you, the boy who bullied you at the school, made your life a misery, who ridiculed you, who poked fun at you. I was one of those kids when I went to school. I wish I could meet everyone I've ever offended, everyone I've ever hurt. And I wish I could say, I'm sorry, I love you. They would probably think I was mad, but I would say it anyway. Let's have a look at Ephesians, hallelujah, 4, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. What a wonderful thing Jesus did on the cross. What a mighty thing he did. You think of all your transgressions. Think of all the times that someone said to you, maybe an evangelist come to you and said, have you ever considered giving your life to Jesus? And you've scoffed. You said, ah, ah, I don't want to hear that nonsense. I did when I was young. But every now and again, I would stop and think, and I would think, maybe that person's telling me the truth. I'll tell you a story about an old lady called Rose. She's dead now. She lived in my street, and Sunday morning, I was going down the road bouncing a football, and I went past her house. She had a little terraced house with a beautiful front garden. And she come out and said, Michael, should you be bouncing a ball and playing football on Sunday morning? Shouldn't you be in Sunday school? And I felt quite ashamed. And I looked at her and I said, oh, I'm sorry. And I went down and I played football that particular day and I came home. When I first got interested in the Lord, I went to the Anglican church. And one day this beautiful old lady came up to me with white hair. And she come and hugged me and she said, Michael, I always knew you would come to the Lord. And she was in her 80s then. And I was very touched by this beautiful woman. She looked like an angel. And she waited for me all those years to come to the Anglican Church. And you know, no matter what you've done in the past, don't be ashamed of it. Satan wants you to be shamed by your sin. Satan wants you to take your sin and put it in the cupboard and lock it with a key and never tell anyone about it. You can be open. You can be bold. I have to tell you, 
I was down in the west country of England and I preached for a couple of nights in a small church there. And a man come up to me, an Irishman, and he came up to me and he said, would you pray for me? And I said, yes. I said, what do you want prayer for? He said, I can't tell you. I said, is it so bad? And this man had been in Ireland and he had spent some years in prison. He had been a paedophile. And he had been treated very bad in prison because, as you know, if you go to prison, if you're a paedophile, you expect the other prisoners to beat you up and treat you bad. And he had come to England and he was living like a fugitive. He'd been released from prison. But the local press always found out who he was and put his name and details in the press. And he was living very bad. And I said, do you realize the consequences of your sins, the enormity of it all? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, well, okay, I'm not condoning your lifestyle. What you did is terrible. And what you've done will go on for the whole lives of these children. And you're being punished by the state. You have been punished by the state. Now you're being punished in your own mind. I said, I want you to confess your sins today. And don't say a word unless you really mean it. And he confessed his sins. And as I walked away, he said, I've got nothing to give you. I said, I don't want anything from you. Just want you to make it right with God. Only you can do that. And he put his hand in his pocket and he had about six pounds in loose change, pennies, tuppences, sixpenny pieces. And he gave me the lot and he just gave it to me in a bag. I said, thank you very much. I think I went and gave it to a charity myself. I gave it, I passed it on. But you see, Satan will bring shame. I used to feel shame because of the poverty I lived in as a child. I used to think I must have done something wrong in the sight of God to live so poor. And that's what Satan wants you to do. We mustn't stand for it any longer. We must resist the devil and flee. And by resisting him, we're saying to Satan, you're not going to bring your guilt, shame and condemnation upon me. The book of Romans says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And we stand against you now. I'm going to read that scripture again. Ephesians 4, verse 32. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one to another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Let's not open that door to Satan any longer. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. It says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Hallelujah. Verse 28 says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. 29 says, let not corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, 
whereby you were sealed unto the day of redemption. I'm going to read this 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Hallelujah. We praise the name of Jesus. We've got to get these things out of our mind. I'm going to pray for you all now. I want you all to prepare for prayer. Satan has no power over you. And we're going to break that now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to read just one more scripture to you. 1 John 3, verse 15. Hallelujah. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. That's a real warning. Verse 15. Whoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. We're going to deal with all these things now. We're going to pray for some time. I know there's a fair bit of time left, so we've got time to pray. Yes, sir. You've got all the time you want, Brother Michael. Thank you. Let's pray for you all now. Dear Lord God, in the name of Jesus, merciful Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow man. By thought, by word, by deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. And let us truly repent of our sins. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour that died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And Lord God, we ask you now to forgive us as we repent of our sins. Lord, if we have held any evil thoughts against anyone for anything they have done to us in the past, for any event in our lives that we've pushed back in our memory, but every now and again Satan will bring it forth to remind us of that unhappy time in our life. And we may feel evil against the perpetrators who hurt us and harmed us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We forgive them now, Lord, whatever they did and however they did it. We release them to you. We forgive them now, Lord. Let not the gall of bitterness be in our hearts. We release them to you. We lay them at the foot of the cross and we cover them with the precious blood of the Lamb. For we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we pray now, Lord, that those people, they may feel guilty for what they did to us. Forgive them, Lord, we pray. Have mercy on them. Pardon and deliver them from all their iniquity. And Lord, we pray for nations, we pray for peoples that we have held things against. I remember growing up in the 50s and my father openly taught me to hate the Germans and the Japanese, even though I never knew one. There was a German 
crooked at school and I always picked on him and challenged him to fights because what my father had told me about the Blitz on London, the D-Day landings and the Battle of Britain. And Lord, we forgive nations that we have gone to war with, that we have had conflict with. We forgive them, Lord, because unfortunately the victor, it is him that writes history. And history is not always truthful. The only thing that is truthful, Lord, is your word. And we pray now, Lord, that any bitterness and unforgiveness we've held against any man or woman, any country or anyone who lives in that country, we repent of it now. And Lord, we pray that though we've accepted you as our Lord and Saviour, that we will, Lord, we will have the power of forgiveness in our lives. And Lord God, I'm going to go to Psalm 51 now, the Psalm of David, and I'm going to read it. For this is truly power. And I ask that everyone listen to this Psalm today. And when we finish this radio program, you will go to your Bible and you will read it. And this is wonderful. This is the King James Version. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean, and wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide that face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then I would teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from the blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shew forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it, and thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Amen. And Satan, 
I command you now in the name of Jesus Christ to take your filthy hands off of every believer that you have confused and you have maligned and you have told him that he doesn't have to confess sins any longer because Jesus died for him. How dare you speak about the sacrifice of Christ? You are not worthy to speak about such things. And we rebuke you. We bind you. We cancel you. We destroy you. We cast you down. And we cast you out now. Take your filthy hands off of God's people now, Satan. Release them. We release them now from guilt, shame and condemnation. You will go and you will leave them. These people will be free to confess their sins again through Psalm 51, as David did when he was caught in the act of adultery. And you will leave God's people now. You have no power. Your time is short. In the creed, it says, Jesus will return with glory and judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. Take your filthy hands off of God's people now. I command it in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We wash and cover God's people with the blood of the Lamb. And the blood of the Lamb will wash them clean from all their transgressions. You will have no power. You will have no authority. You will have no dominion over them anymore. Leave them now, we command you, in the name of Jesus. And the Bible has promised in Psalm 91 that God will give his angels charge over all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And we pray this today in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I pray for all those sick out there today. I pray that every physical ailment, every emotional ailment, Every spiritual sickness will leave them now in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus said, the 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the spirits are subject to us via thy name. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I give you authority to trample on snakes, to tread on scorpions, to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means will harm you. However, do not rejoice that, you're, that you can trample on snakes and tread on scorpions, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And I pray now that all of God's people who are suffering physical illness be healed now. Let the power of the anointing come upon them now and deliver them from all sickness. Deliver them from the consequences of sin. Deliver them, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the precious blood that you shed for us all. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a powerful teaching and ministry time today. If you're just joining us, we're here with Pastor Michael Cummins, coming to you from England. And uh, his message tonight is entitled, Close the Door on the Devil. Brother Michael, uh, yes. what a blessing you are, my friend, to all of us here, to be here tonight. 
Um, this is a answer to prayer to find you. And I want to thank again Sister Maria that the Lord used to connect us. Um, this is what it's all about here, folks. Um, one third of Jesus Christ's ministry, the casting out of devils, um, designed to do what nothing else nothing else will. And I'm so excited to be able to bring this program to you tonight live, direct from England with Pastor Michael Cummins. Brother Michael, tell people about your church, how they can make contact with you, and also how they can support your ministry. Certainly. Well, we have a church in London, Northwest 6, called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. We meet on Thursdays from 12 noon to 2 in the afternoon to do Bible study. We meet on Friday night at 7 o'clock for prayer intercession. And our general service is on Sunday morning from 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock. After then, I stay at the church till about 5 o'clock because there's usually a steady flow of people who want prayer for healing and prayer for deliverance. And we can be found, if you look at Kilburn Christian Fellowship, you can see all the details. I've got about 60 or maybe even 70 previous preachings that I've oh, done wow. on Sunday morning. And they're on the website. They're the church website. And you can play them if you wish. They're all on audio. And uh, if you live in the London area, if you make your way to Victoria Station, which is pretty central, there are buses that go to where we are. We're just off of Kilburn High Road and Wilson Lane. And you can come to the church. Not a big church, but we're powerful. We preach the stuff of end times. If you want to come and learn about the end times, you want to come and learn about all the things other churches never preach on because they're too anxious to preach it. You want to learn about the rapture. You want to learn about the coming of Jesus. You want to learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Come and we'll teach you. We're always teaching this sort of stuff. This week we'll be teaching on holiness because remember, when you read that statement, when it says, without holiness, no one will see God, well, that will frighten the living daylights out of you. So we need to be able to analyze this and find out, God, what he was really saying. If you wish to support me, and I would be grateful if you would, then there is a website, framecummings123 at AOL.com. There is a PayPal account on that website address. You can always support me and I would be very, very, very grateful. I would also ask you to support Amiga Man Radio because I have to tell you, this is probably the best thing I've ever done in my Christian life is meeting Ray and coming on Amiga Man. I'm very grateful Praise to God. God and I'm very grateful for Maria. Maria's an old friend of myself and my wife. She's been coming to our church for many years, even though she lives out of London now. She's been coming to our church and we're always grateful to see her. And she was a great supporter of me when I had cancer and I was struggling a bit. And uh, so I'm very grateful to all of your support. I'm very grateful that you're all listening. And look, I'm going to leave my mobile number 07469 235351. If you've got any personal prayer requests, you're having bad dreams, you're frightened in any way, give us a ring. And I promise you, I know one thing. I'm not frightened of the devil. I'm frightened of God. Because God has the power to throw my soul in hell. The devil has no power over me. 
I reject him and rebuke him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That is exactly right. Uh, folks, uh, there's more where this comes from. Go to Brother Michael's website and also tune in again next week, same time for more with Pastor Michael Cummins. Um, and please share these with a friend. Brother Michael, before we close today, let me pray for you. Because I yes, know. certainly. Thank you. I, um, I, agree. I wish that you would all pray for me today. I hope all the listeners pray for me now. Folks, lift up Brother Michael in prayer. Uh, he's been under attack, as many have out there, including myself, um, by the enemy trying to slow us down with uh, attack on the lungs and flu, you name it. Let's, let's pray right now for Brother Michael. Father, Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for the word that went forth tonight. We know it will not return void. We lift up Brother Michael to you tonight, God. We know that you sent your word and you healed him, Lord Jesus. We're asking you to do that tonight for Brother Michael and anyone else that's tuning in tonight that may be under the weather, needs a healing for their body. We lift up Brother Michael to you tonight, God, and we speak to your lungs, Brother Michael, be healed and made whole in Jesus Christ's name. We command any unfriendly bacteria to die at the root and loose you in Jesus' name. We command any virus to let you go right now. Loose them in the mighty name of Jesus. We rebuke all spirits of death and destruction. Command it to let you go. We break every curse sent against you, any witchcraft sent against you in Jesus Christ's mighty name. We also bind up every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay that would come against you or your family or ministry. For doing these broadcasts, we break its power and loose you from it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can I speak right to your body? Be healed and made whole. In Jesus Christ's name, God, touch him tonight. Loose your ministering angels to him. Give him great favor. We command all sickness and infirmity to loose your body and come out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the prayer, and thank you for anyone praying for me, listening to the show. I do need your prayer. I have recovered from cancer, but you know when you recover from cancer, some years you, you're very open, your immune system is very low, and you're very prone to catching things like chest infections, and that's where I am now. So I know your prayers. I know that raised prayers and all of your prayers will sustain me through the hard times ahead. Well, let me and add one more you. to that. We just plead the blood of Jesus Christ right now over your immune system. We command it to strengthen in the name of Jesus Christ. And we command anything inside of you that was not planted by the Lord Jesus Christ to be uprooted and come out. Loose them in the mighty name of Jesus. God touches immune system. Boost it. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, we pray. Also, amen. Sister Cummins, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And God bless you. I can't wait to be on the program again next Wednesday. This is a real blessing in my life. You know, when you uh, get a bit older and you, you become a little less popular than you was when you was 30 or 40. But this Amiga Man Radio is a fantastic thing. This is God. This is about God. This is God's will upon all his people. So make sure you always tune in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. We'll see you next time, Brother Michael. Great work. See you then. God bless you. God and bless we'll you.
and I'll, I'll send you the photo later. Fantastic. Thank you, Brother Michael. Well, God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Praise God, everybody. I tell you, man, that's good teaching right there. Are you enjoying these? I sure am. And if you have, I encourage you to go to Brother Michael's website. You can find out more about the ministry there, and I encourage everyone that would to support his ministry. Uh, he has a PayPal set up, and you can uh, give and goes directly to Brother Michael. Support the deliverance ministries, folks, especially in England. Uh, there are not too many. Not too many in Europe. Oh, my goodness. What a powerful word. Okay, I'll get this up in the archive now. We've got some big news. That was episode 9,999. Tonight, by God's grace, we're going to hit episode 10,000. Now, it'll be a program where we're going to read God's Word. And I will set up um, a time very soon where we'll do a special um, special event and we'll get many speakers on to get in and give a message uh, but we're going to hit the milestone tonight and uh, what I want to say about that is uh, this is probably going to be a world record it may be the most podcast ever produced could could be a Guinness Book World Records but let me say this about it you know we've been podcasting live since 2010 and uh, we're going to hit that tonight by God's grace but I'm going to say this Philippians 4.13 for, for you and for me I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me and I was thinking about the scripture John 15.5 Jesus said I'm the vine the year the branches He's talking about you and I he that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me Ye can do nothing. So I want to say this. All praise goes to the Lord Jesus Christ and Yahovah, God the Father, and the Holy Ghost. And I want to thank all guest speakers and all supporters of the broadcast over the years, which without we would never have arrived at this day. Uh, I'm not just celebrating. For myself, we're all celebrating together if they had a part in this because it's it's a it's a milestone that we together, you and I, have been able to do with the Lord Jesus Christ backing us up. Again, correct congratulations to all of you for reaching the summit of what I'll call Podcast Mountain. <laughs> it's like the Mount Everest. Uh, do we stop there? No. We're going to do some more climbing. Um and uh Go to the next level. More mountains to climb. Um, more milestones to hit. And uh, there we are. Let me just say that. I didn't expect to hit this day. I really didn't. Uh, and we have had much opposition. I'm going to tell you. I didn't even know if we were going to make it this week. I said, good grief. We've just got like uh, six or seven shows to go. And here we are. Got hit with some illness. But God, God has sustained us, and uh, again, uh, congratulations to all of you who, who have uh, been a part of this um, 
program we call Omega Man Radio. Again, it's a team effort. Congratulations to you. Uh, well done. So, again, thank you, Lord Jesus. Apart from him, we could do nothing. So with that, um, we're going to continue tonight uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's the plan for Pacific. Uh, we're also going to have special guest Lawrence DeMello coming on from Argentina. Uh, that's going to be um, a very interesting show. We'll probably talk about um, some of the things going on over there with the crown. If you got any questions for Lawrence tonight, you can put them in the uh, chat room there. And uh, when we open up tonight, and uh, we'll have her on. Looking forward to that. Um, that's all I have to say. I um, I went out today to a coffee shop here, and I uh, took out a fresh notepad. And uh, boy, I said it's time to do some brainstorming. And uh, the Lord has given me. I think some great strategies of some of the things that we're going to implement with his help uh, to grow this thing. And uh, of course, we got a word last night on the program. The Lord is going to um, double the reach uh, this year of this program. And I think one of the ways he's going to do it through TV and some other uh, vehicles that he'll bring in. Some exciting things are afoot. So thank you for not giving up on us and staying with us. And um, it's going to be exciting to see what, what unravels now. Okay. Also, I was told special surprise is coming when we hit 10,000. I'm in I'm in expectation now. We'll see what that is. I have no idea. Something's coming. We'll see what it is. Okay. Folks, love you all, and um, we'll see you next time. God bless you. I need to get this up in the archive, plus last night. So let me work on that, and uh, see you later. Thank you for tuning in.